Amen. Isn't it interesting how we sing these words and, you know, so often, you know, we kind of, we get a glimpse or a meaning or a significance, you know, around these words. And then, and then other times they seem to hit us like a, like a, a, a boulder, big and heavy, like, yes, you know, that's God's goodness of my life. That is God's greatness of my life. And we begin to think afresh of, this is what it means for me. This is what it means for my family and my community. And, and I hope this morning as we explore, explore God's word, that we, um, that we begin to see just some of the, 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 the profound power of what this means for, for us as we live this stuff out. Teresa, last week I wasn't here, but I've heard that Teresa was phenomenal in, in the message that she brought. And, um, you know, we went away uh, the week before as a leadership team uh, to the Vineyard Staff Conference. It, got, it, was, it was so good, guys. It was so profound. Just a, you know, nothing's hyped, but you just sense the Lord's really moving. And I just want to share some of this, the journey with you this morning. So there's a couple of things I want to do. I want to, uh, I want to finish off in the series of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and we'll go through the Lord's Prayer later on, but today's Deliver Us From Evil. And it's hard to think about this topic without thinking deep and heavy, meaty stuff. And, and I think most of us know this. I think most of us are aware that there's a force at play in the world that wants to destroy our life. I think most of us look at the things that go on in the world and it's easy to look at the bigger things like genocide or, you know, just murder in in our community and we think, yes, that's the work of the enemy. But so often we pin the big stuff to him, but we miss all of the little trickles and, and and the effects of him at work. And sometimes we might feel powerless. Or for some of us, we fall on our knees in prayer and we say, this God, you've got to change. And it's almost like this real marmite situation where either we go to war or we let it be. And actually, I wonder about how do we begin to tackle this stuff in our each and every day living? How do we begin to neutralize the enemy through just our living? And today I want to just go through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, deliver us from evil. Uh, we all know the Lord's Prayer. It says this at the end. But, but actually, it's true that there's forces at work. And uh, if you're in a connect group, we're going to be looking at this deeply, uh, more deeply this week. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But I think for those of us who, who perhaps won't make connect group, I just want to raise a couple of things. When we th- say things like the devil or the enemy, it's almost like there's one or two responses, isn't there? People either look at you dead serious in the eye and they'll say, oh yes, I know. Let me tell you a story or two. Or they'll say, oh, behave. There's no such thing. Uh, isn't it interesting? But actually, I think apart from Western society, pretty much the whole of the globe actually believes that there's a dark force at work. Uh, I'm here today just through scripture to tell you that, as we all know, I think in this room, that there are powers and forces, as it's uh, so clearly uh, described in scripture, and as many of us have ex- experienced, uh, that are against your life, against goodness in your life, are against the building of this church, uh, and Jesus' uh, establishing more of his kingdom uh, across this planet. There are things at work. Uh, Genesis 3 introduces us very quickly to who? Mr. Snake, uh, the devil. And he's described in the Bible as uh, cunning and full of deceit. And, uh, and we all know it's the whole you know, male-female issue. I'm not going to get into it today, but we do know he tricked Eve originally into uh, nibbling on the apple. And, uh, and then, you know, it's been, it's been issues ever since, you know, there's been, there's been some major just stuff happening in society, just breakdown of relationships, a breakdown, this is primarily the root cause of everything between us and God. 
God, no longer are we in connection with you. Uh, and, and God, it's, uh, we recognise our sin, we recognise that we are naked. And, uh, and isn't it interesting how even from a young age this stuff's in us? Um, my boy, he won't know this, but he might listen when he's a few years older. I apologise, Jensen. But yesterday I stumbled uh, into uh, our bathroom and uh, I was just getting something from the bathroom, but Jensen was already there. And Jensen was sat upon the throne. And as soon as I entered the room, Jensen does this embarrassed face where he always sticks his tongue out and pulls a, a funny noise. It's like he does this. He goes, Ugh. I don't know why he does that, but it's just his noise. Maybe he's embarrassed. I walked into the bathroom. I wasn't even looking at Jensen. And I heard this noise. And I looked at Jensen's face. And his tongue was sticking out. And so straight away, I didn't about turn. And I potted about. Didn't make any big, you know, issue about the fact that he was on the loo. But how interesting that something in him felt embarrassed. Something in him rose up and thought, I, I feel a bit uncomfortable. And, uh, and, and Genesis 3 tells that this is where it comes from, this root cause. I've heard similar stories of people who are uh, parents in the room and their little ones disappear at odd places, at odd times. Where does this come from? And, uh, and Paul writes uh, in Ephesians uh, 6, uh, roughly 60 to 61 AD. So Paul writes uh, how really we should be protecting ourselves uh, against these, these spiritual forces. And often, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, until a few years ago, I used to see this as a recommendation. Like, uh, hey, if you're visiting this place, here's a couple of things you should do if you want to have a good experience. But actually, the older I get and the more I experience, the more I'm realising that this isn't just a suggestion, it's a commandment. It's like, hey, if you want to survive, if you want to have a healthy relationship with the Lord and each other, if you want to dodge stuff that's going to come at you, if you want to protect yourself, this is what you've got to do. We've all read this a million times, but this is what it says. You can put your eyes to the screen if you want. Ephesians 6. A final word. Be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Put on all, all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Because he's real and he wants to devour you. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil evil, despicable, horrendous rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I'm not sure what your thoughts are today. I don't want to ponder too much on this because it's not about giving the devil any glory today. He's had his butt kicked. And we've got some good news to celebrate. But actually, I think there's a real tension. I think there's a real awareness that as Christians, we can't just worship God and think, yes, that's okay, without realising the bigger picture. And years ago, when I was uh, volunteering for Youth for Christ, we used to do this thing once a year where uh, a staff conference, we'd gather, we'd, uh, we'd drink uh, just a few bottles of beer, and we'd share stories about what the Lord has been doing that year. It was amazing moments, highlights of, yes, that's goodness. And, uh, and one of the stories that really stood out to me was... Um, there was this local witch that was really well known to, uh, to the YFC staff, national. And uh, they told me the story. They said, yeah, there's this witch, and, uh, and she can do this funky trick where if she just taps a padlock, it pops open. And you're thinking, genius, we all need to fend like that. That's amazing. Wow. wow. But then you think, what's the point? Like, you know, you know, just imagine the conversation. What power would you like? I want to open padlocks. I mean, I'd like to fly. Fly would be cool. You know, I'd like to fly. What would you like to do? But actually, in all seriousness, she could ping padlocks open. And she used to say this, and this has always stuck with me. What a challenge. And she said, uh, 
I can see Christians walking down the street. She says, I can spot a Christian uh, in a crowd of people. It's because I can see them as a glowing light. And she said, when a Christian's walking down the street, I see them as a bright light just walking around in the darkness. But she said this, this is a warning. But she said, but there aren't as many real Christians around as you would think. It's like, wow, what a challenge. You know, like, how, what a challenge. It's the light of Christ within us that she could see the forces of good and evil, of dark and light. So St. Paul's warned us against this. And he says this, Therefore, put on every piece of armour, not just the helmet because you look good, not just the shield because you're having a bad time, not just the sword because you like to swing something around, but actually how do we fully clothe ourselves uh, and be uh, resistant to this? So he says this, put on every piece of God's armour so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle you will still be standing. I'll ask you a question today, do you want to still be standing after the battle? With all your limbs intact, with all your fingers and your nice ears and your nice, you know, whatever. We all want to be intact, don't we? So St. Paul's saying, this is what you've got to do. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Do you approach things with truth in your life? Are there things in your life, conversations, situations, scenarios that perhaps would, could do with just some godly truth? Perhaps you need to be told some godly truth today. <laughs> perhaps. How do we allow truth to prevail? A few weeks ago, there was a guy visiting our church, a lovely, lovely man. And he came up to me after the service. You, most of you are here. And he said, hey, I've got a word for the church. And, and so Joe and I said, we'd love to hear it. We would love to hear this word. And he said, I've got this picture. And I want to share this with you. He said, I've got this picture. And the picture is that, uh, is that there's you at the front, or whatever, in, in the middle. And around you is a crowd of people, which is you guys. And it's not the congregation, but there's a crowd. And this crowd are waiting to see if they want to step in to be a congregation. And I said, go on, this is really interesting. And he said, uh, I realise there's been some tough times in the church. I said, go on, very interesting. And uh, he hasn't been a part of us. And uh, he said, but actually, he said, this is what's happening. He said, it's almost like in the story of Elijah, and he didn't know my name was Elijah. He said, but in the story of Elijah, uh, everyone's waiting for this little cloud. You know the story, there's been a bit of a drought. People are waiting for the cloud. And Elijah's like, the rains are coming. And people are like, no, it's not. He's like, no, no, the rain's coming. So he sends someone, he says, look, watch out for a little bit of cloud from the sea. When it comes, the rains are going to come. And, um, and, and so eventually, but he said, actually, everyone's looking for this little moment of miracle. He said, but actually, it almost feels like the other story of Elijah. He said, where, where um, there's, a, there's an offering, and uh, there's all of the devil worshippers, and they're like, watch what our devil's going to do to your Jesus. And, uh, and he says, well, watch what we can do. So they pour water on the offering. And literally, the offering is down. We know the story. And so he's telling this story about how almost people are, are watching this thing that really has been poured on many times. That's had lots of water fl- uh, poured on the flames. And people are thinking, it won't light. Maybe it will. It won't light, but, but maybe it will. So he's describing this story about these, this group of people who were us. And we're all waiting to watch if this, this thing's going to light or not. And some of us are th- thinking, it won't light. And perhaps some of us have, have walked away thinking... It's not going to light, but it's going to light. And uh, he goes on to say that actually says, but actually there's another bit of the story. I just want to share it because it fits in with this belt of truth and it's so good. And he says, but then there's this um, superhero. This is his words, not mine. He says it's a superhero. It's a bold superhero. 
And I said, did you mean a bold superhero? He's South African. He said, no, it's a bold superhero. And he's got a cape on. And I'm thinking, yes, I've always wanted to be a superhero. And he says, um, and he says but actually... This guy's clothed in, in purple robe. But actually, as he stood there, there's the belt of truth. The belt of truth that is put around him. So Joe and I have been really challenged by this. As a leadership team, we, we, we shared the picture. And we said, actually, how do we as a church be equipped with a belt of truth? What does that mean? What does that mean? It's often to say... It's often easy to say, hey, I want to tell you something about yourself because I love you. I want to tell you something really negative about you. Something I hate about you and I want to do it in love. Because that's what brothers and sisters in Christ do. You ever had that told to you or, or shared it with someone? But actually there's something, that's so wrong, but there's something that is, is, is right, I believe. And that is that, that, that love, um, love is spoken uh, in truth. If you love somebody, it means you're going to challenge, but in, in love, in truth. So how do we as a church begin to speak to each other? In truth and love. Like, hey, actually, I really care for you. Therefore, I'm just going to share something that's on my heart that I think is going to build you up. It's is, is, is about you. But here's how I've got to do it. So often we might think things about individuals in our church and we'll never share them. Or we'll talk to somebody else about them. But actually, how do we begin to harness truth? Because truth edifies the body. Equally as painful, perhaps you need to be told the truth today. Perhaps we've built up a pretense and just this, this thing that we, that we try and let people see of who we are. So, uh, psychologists say that in each of us is a baby. And this baby just wants to be loved. This baby wants to be nurtured and fed and just adored. And unfortunately, in life, we get a few kickings. So the older we get, you know, this baby kind of shrinks inside of us. And we have these layers where ultimately we begin to almost extend the hand. So, so, so in each of us is this, this person who wants to receive affirmation. So we build these layers where we are trying to seek that from people. So often we give this pretense that we are this or that. Or we are super happy or super confident or everything's okay. But actually, inside of us, we just want to be loved and accepted for who we are. How interesting is this? So St. Paul talks about the belt of truth. This is Ephesians 6. And then he says, And put on the armour of God's righteousness. God's righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil and put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now I think for St. Paul, watching lots of soldiers march around and being in Rome when he writes this, it, it's quite easy to imagine why he affixes certain you know, aspects of spiritual faith to a soldier. He can see how actually it comes together. Now for some of us, we may want to physically get up in the morning and put on a helmet and pick up a, a shield, an invisible shield, or perhaps a, a whatever. And just imagine actually we're going to equip ourselves today with the word of God. That actually in my situation today, I'm going to say this, God God, you love me. God, you know me so intimately. God, you've got plans for me. That God, today, you're dwelling inside of me. We begin to match up the promises of God with, with also the stuff that we want to see. So we make it a real practical thing. Are you facing attack? 
Have you put on the full armour of God? Have we put on the full armour of God? And I just want to share this, and we all know it. But the good news is that Jesus has the victory. He has the victory. He has the ultimate victory. So even when the fiery arrows come, which they will, even when there is uh, rumours afoot about you, or there is something happening that you just feel wobbled by, or it's financial, or it's health, or whatever else, actually we still know that the ultimate victory lies in Jesus Christ. What a great thought. What an amazing reassurance. Do you agree? Knowing that in Jesus' name we can stand firm and speak blessing. 1 Peter 5, 8. Just let this permeate into your soul today. It says this, be well balanced. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, he roams around like a lion roaring, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Isn't it interesting that Jesus is also depicted as a lion? And actually how the devil does counterfeit things to mimic the saviour. Isn't that interesting, the same terminology in the Bible? I mean, it could have been a panther, could have been a a cheetah, could have been a pussycat, I don't know. But interesting how it's the same thing, actually, he he comes around in disguise. And you might not think it's him. You might think, well, if if it's drastic, I'm being attacked, I'm under attack from the devil himself. But actually, it could be in the subtle and what do I mean by that? There's a couple of pointers, and we're going to get into some practical stuff, but there's a couple of pointers that I was thinking about. And I think it's things like this. It's watching, it's watching our tongue. It's watching our tongue. We had uh, heard this talk at the conference. It's one of the best talks I've ever heard. We're going to, run, we're going to showcase it in the uh, Connect groups. One of the best talks I've ever heard. And the guy got up, and I had to seek forgiveness, and he said, Hey, today, I want to talk about blessings and curses. And I thought, No! Not that deep, heavy topic. Like, I said, that's so meaty. How do we even tackle that in a session? And I was kind of dreading it. Do you know what? It was profound. He said this. He said, hey, guys, and this is to a room full of leaders. You have the ability, he said, to bless. And we were like, yep, we all know that. With your tongue, yep, we all know that. He said, but also you have the ability to curse with your eyebrow. And we're thinking in scripture. Where does it say that? Where's, where's that in scripture? But he says, what I mean by it is he said, have you ever looked down on someone or just, just raised an eyebrow at a situation and straight Straight away, that person has gone, okay, I feel really small. Or, or just, we said words, and he said this, which was amazing. And it's on this theme of watching our tongue. He said, hey, I had to sit my wife down years ago. And he said, uh, and, and I sat my wife down, and he said, I just said to her, hey, you know when I was cross? I didn't mean all those things. You know when I said that thing about you? I didn't mean that thing. And his wife was like, this is a great conversation. Keep telling me, keep talking. Um, and actually, he said, but, but how many pastors in this room today, or how many of us in this room today need to sit in the travel lodge tonight and have that same conversation? The room was silent. How interesting, you know, with our colleagues or, or our loved ones, how with our family, we're real, aren't we? We go at it with our family. But actually, how many things have we spoken over somebody in just a word, in just a sentence, and just left that truth bomb to resonate and then explode nicely? With our tongue, with our banter. Banter's such an easy one. Now, I know some of us are scratching their heads thinking, I've never really got banter, I've no idea. And I know some of us are like, yes, my tent is lovely, nicely pitched in the land of banter. It's brilliant, it's where I reside. I just want to say, hey, I want to throw some caution. 
because it, ca- it can cause upset. I'm not trying to you know, do the teacher thing here saying do and don't. I'm just saying things that I've, I've monitored within ch- in the life of churches. This is the stuff that can so easily cause division. And we've got to speak truth into this. Thoughts. Thoughts. How do we win on the battle of thoughts? I heard someone years ago, and they said this. This is the best thing I've heard about it personally. I'd love to know your thoughts. Uh, hey, and they said, actually, when something lands, you have about 1.2 seconds. To, uh, when a bird lands uh, in your mind, you have about 1.2 seconds to let, that, let the bird build a nest. Or to clap your hands and to make it fly away. So what do we do with thoughts? Thoughts, we're all thinking it. I stood up today. I'd love to know what you were thinking. I would love to know. Wouldn't that be great? There's a great movie called What Women Want. Mel Gibson. Classic. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, uh, and it's this thing where, where, where he gets this amazing gift, which is a blessing and a curse, to think in, into, this, uh, into the mind of a lady that he fancies. And, uh, and, and it's an amazing movie. But thoughts, we all think them. And sometimes it's so critical, it's so negative. And we'll think just something about somebody or something on social media will pop up. And what's our thought? Perhaps it's a real jealous streak of, they're not in Barbados again. And then, you know, it's not fair, they're always in Barbados. And we run away with just this thought process that's really unhealthy. Or perhaps someone just does something that rightly... It's just, you know, they deserve some critique. But we, we chew on that. We chew on that person and that thought and that scenario. Or if we have a harsh word with somebody, whoa, what I would do with that person later on. And if I had that time again, what I should have said was this. And I'm going to put that in an email. I'm going to think on this. And it just begins to chew over and chew over and chew over. And it becomes this real poisonous streak. Hold it captive. Hold it captive. Is it edifying? Is it right? Why am I thinking these feelings? Why am I just angry? Why am I anxious? Why does it cause my, my peace to go? Some of the things that I believe from 1 Peter were directed to do. The sly comments, the email trail. What is it that, that you struggle with? What's the stuff that so easily entangles you? Because the devil, the devil is around to snare you up. And devour you like a roaring lion. And I think one of the moments that we can watch for is a spiritual health check. Is you know, sometimes you wake up and you'll put some music on, or you'll be getting ready for the routine of school or work or college or, or just the day of seeing friends or whatever you've got going on. Or you can be having your breakfast or you can be sat at work or just whatever it is. Things are going great. And then all of a sudden, something happens. Someone might say something that, not necessarily, you know, was at you or just, just to say something or, or you think a thought and suddenly you feel uncomfortable. Or in your mind you think to yourself for that moment, my peace just feels like it's gone. It's just run away from me. Let, let me just backtrack. What's just happened? So you'll try and work through a scenario of something that's happened. And perhaps someone's just highlighted something that you totally forgot about. And it just hit you like a brick wall. Or perhaps it's just, you know, just in a moment of thinking, you've been reminded of something. And straight away your peace goes. It's in those moments I feel like we need to say, do you know what? This is an area that I feel like the Holy Spirit has shown me that I need to work on. I need to just have trust in. That there's something in me that is a trigger point. So how do I work through that? So let's not those let let's, let's, uh, let those moments not be fleeting, but let's reflect on those. There's three quick things 
Uh, and we're going to go over these in connect groups as well. That I think really helps us when it comes to uh, the, the evil one and protecting us. Uh, and living a, a life where really it's not about uprooting every demonic force at work. It's so, right, so you know, we've got to go to war over this. We've got, we've got to go up to war over this. And you know, this is hard work being a Christian. We're always in a battle. Actually, I think mainly it's about sowing goodness. So sowing seeds, not uprooting weeds all of the time. So, so I think it's about saying, do you know what? I want to pray blessing into this. I want to just pray life into this. I want to pray light into this area of what's going on. And uh, I share each week, but, you know, these the Sunday evening gatherings of just praying, of being those moments. I think last Sunday was probably my favourite time we've had. Just amazing, spot-on words about what God's going to do in our midst and what he's, he's saying to certain individuals. So good. But we could have met and just said, you know what, guys? There are forces at work in this world. Let's grab an arm and, and, and pray, everyone, in Jesus' name, get out. But actually, we thought, do you know what? It's about sowing goodness. This is what the kingdom of God is doing. So I think we've got to pray it. I think we've got to pray it. We've got to, got to pray and just, just pray blessing into our colleagues. Blessing over our loved ones. Blessing into the stuff that we are unsure about, uncertain of. Perhaps it's a future thing. Perhaps it's a job role. Perhaps it's a partner. Do you know what? Rather than it taking root, we're going to pray a blessing into this stuff. Jesus, we pray that your blood would, would come through in this. That we, we, do, we put a stake in the ground. We put a monument in this place and we move forward. Know that, God, you're going to move. And I know some of us need to hear that today. And it's right, sometimes we have to go to war. Sometimes we have to say this isn't right. We've had enough. There is stuff at work here that just, it's not of God. And we need to just say that there's no authority here. There are moments for that. And I want to give a moment to that later on. It's interesting that if, if uh, physically someone broke into our house, we would go in by force and, and drag that person out. Get out. But actually, for some of us in our situations, in our families, it is clear that there are things at work and, and we kind of, we just, we rest with that. It's okay in God's timing. I want to say to you today, church, that we've got the authority of Jesus Christ to speak life and light in the situations. It doesn't have to be the status quo. That's what we are armed with when we say yes to Jesus Christ. That actually we carry a force who resides within us and we can speak things into situations. Are there situations in our lives and, our situ- and, and families that we need to just declare this stuff over? So I, need, I think feel like we need to pray it. We need to practice it. This, I haven't got the slides on. Yeah, it's okay. Have you got slides? Okay. I did send it over. They're not, they're not looking. Uh, so we pray it. We, uh, I think we practice it. There's no point praying it if we aren't going to live it. So how do we pray this stuff in? I think if, in practice it looks like this. That actually as we try and usher in the kingdom of God, which we are in this church, then actually what does that look like to live a life of integrity? Integrity. So, so I've got to live right standing. The things I say and communicate have got to match up to what is in Scripture, but also what I live out. I, I think we, we, we all hear the thought of the, the person rushes into church on Sunday and says, Yes, Jesus, and then goes and lives wherever they want midweek. We're like, That's hypocrisy. It just doesn't add up. Y- your life's got to balance up. So, are we living it? Are we saying it? How do we communicate this so that people see it in our lives as well? And here's one for us accountability. As we build on this church, and this is what we're doing at the moment, we are building, 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 building. 
foundations which take a while and then we'll begin at a few beautiful windows and enjoy the scenery. But at the moment we're building church and I think accountability is a major one. Because accountability, it allows the enemy not to have a foothold. So if you say to people in this, this room, do you know what? I want to just be accountable for parts of my life. I want you to ask me the tough questions. Or, or perhaps this, this stuff's going on. Can you just speak into this for me or pray for me? It says that actually we're united. It says that you are not above anybody, but it says you, you value community. Can you be accountable to people in this room? So allowing people to speak into your life. Because when we're accountable, it means we can be critiqued, we can be encouraged, we can be open and vulnerable. When we're not accountable, it means we are standing alone, that we're not open to voices, and that ultimately division comes. Can we find accountability? I think we mentioned two weeks ago, prayer triplets. I want to ask for a show of hands. How many people have joined a, a prayer triplet since I suggested it? No, neither have I. <laughs> Keith, you're amazing. Keith, you're amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, that's amazing. I haven't started one, and I advise us all to. I've been too busy. It's not an excuse. I've been way too busy. We need to get on this. Accountability. It builds the church. So we pray, we practice it, we live it out, and our words matching up to our lifestyle. Would you say the words of Jesus Christ have stood here in a physical person? Or would you, feel, would you feel like, actually, I need to put a block to it? Some of us need to hear that. And then also preach it. And I don't mean preach it in preaching terms. But I mean, I mean ultimately, the breakthrough when someone in, in people's lives comes to know Jesus Christ. We've got to begin to see this stuff take shape. Because we're in a war. Because the devil wants to take as many people into his stinking hell hole pit as possible. And we've got to say, do you know what? We are so fired up to stop people going there. We're going to get in the way. And that means that ultimately the biggest miracle is when somebody steps from living in darkness into the life and light of Jesus Christ. And this is why we gather. We gather to go and make an impact. And when we go, we say, let's gather those people. So we go to gather and we gather to go. And this is really the the mandate of Jesus Christ. He says, hey, guys, you're rescued. You're rescued. But also, you've got to rescue other people. We've all heard of the famous preachers who just go at it their whole lives. And then it comes to the deathbed. and, And they sit up and they say, I've just got to rescue one more for Jesus Christ. And then they die. And you're like, man, I want a bit of that tenacity. I want a bit of that oomph. We need to see this in our church in Teesside. Too long we squabbled over the same 25 Christians in Teesside. And there's thousands of people who would just go to hell. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. It's okay, we'll put 95% of our energy into this. When actually all these people are just desperate. And we'd probably, half of them, love to come and experience something that we've experienced in our lives. If we communicated it in a way that was just understanding to them. We've got to put on the armour of God. We've got to put on the armour of God. And I think this, this message is probably most relevant in this church the most. I think the things we've experienced and we've been through. But how encouraging that the victory is already the Lord's. And I want to talk a bit about victory and going from victory. And I realise that, that there's been so, so many changes in church. And really as a team, we're trying to take things very slowly. This is why we started praying. It's not about having this flashy light dance show where everyone comes in and goes, Ooh, it's a beautiful five minutes and leaves and, and forgets. But how do we create, as the vineyard movement say, these real thin places? The thin places where really it's, it's heaven and earth colliding. Where people come into this room or perhaps come to a toddler group midweek 
or one of the things we really want to do is we want to start a coffee house. And we want to start a coffee house. Why? Because actually we haven't got many places at the moment where we're, we're, we're reaching everyday people. Who, who just want to come in and reside in a place. So how about if we create a thin place where people came in, drank coffee, and then literally felt like this was a great sphere, a great place. Like, and we, we prayed for that place. We, we began to pastor people in that place. People came in and thought, hey, I'd love to get married somewhere. I, I never thought of this place. We'd love to go on a journey with your family. Or, or hey, I'm having coffee. I love this place. I've been talking to some of the staff. I've got, I've got, a, kid, I've got a child. I, I'm thinking of like baptizing my child. We would love to dedicate your family and your child. We would love to journey with you. Or someone comes in and says, hey, I've been here for a few months drinking coffee with my friends every Tuesday. We love the space and whatever. We're wondering, can we come and check church on a Sunday? By all means, come and check church out on a Sunday. We'd love to see you. Oh, hey, I've just been here. My back's been aching for weeks. I've been to see the doctor. There's nothing they can do. Would you mind if we just very humbly just, just pray for you? Yeah, I'd love you to pray for me. Wow, my back feels like really tingly and hot and amazing. And, and wow, like, imagine the kingdom of God breaking through in these ways. As a church, we've got to, we've got to, got to, got to create spaces where people encounter the living glory that is Jesus Christ. So we want to create this. And we want to just create these moments of waiting and praying. And as God builds his church, because the victory is his. The victory is his. I want to talk about, for a moment, something that, that, uh, that struck me. I want to read from, from Daniel 10. And Daniel 10, I've always been fascinated by this passage. It's not on the screen because the guys haven't got the... Uh, the I, didn't, I didn't send them this one. Don't think that thought. Daniel 10 says this. And you might have read it yourself, and, and I love it, because it, it tells us of, of this, this real battle. And also, there's some kind of, uh, there's some myths to dispel around this stuff. Because, you know, we know from Scripture that the devil can only be in one place at one time. And, and I know that, you know, I think, if I talk to probably most, most uh, people of faith, most people will say, look, at some point I felt like there's been something against my life. You know, something just, it's been a real season, or something really tough. And, and you think, okay, let's go to Scripture, how does this work out? And I think this, I think this sums it up. So Daniel 10. Uh, I'm going to start reading from, from verse uh, 10. And, uh, and Daniel's sharing this kind of dream where he woke up and this is what happened. He said, And behold, a hand touched me, uh, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And an angel said to me, O oh, Daniel, you're greatly loved by God. Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For... For to you I am now sent. And while he was saying the words uh, to me, I stood up trembling. Then the angel said to me, Fear not, Daniel. From this first day that you set your mind and heart to understand and to humble yourselves before God. I want to come back to that in a second. Your words were heard. And I have come as a consequence to your words. So two quick things. I want to just lean in really quickly. Uh, so, So... God heard his prayers as soon as they were said. We've all been in this place, the prayer series. We've all been listening to the prayer series. We've, we've, we've took things around like, if I pray, why is it not answered? And we've, kind of, we've wrestled with this. So we know straight away, Scripture, God hears our prayers straight away. But then also, we know in the story of Daniel as it goes on that, his prayers not answered for 21 days. 
And it wasn't that God was busy, it's that we hear, and we'll delve in in a second, that there's, there's spiritual warfare going on. There's things happening, and really God can't get through. And you think, God can't get through, but he's got the victory. It doesn't make sense. I want to go into this for a moment. But the, the other thing that I just want to touch upon is that is, is we've been really sensing, really sensing uh, this word over and over again. We've heard it in the prayer groups. We've heard it from individuals. Teresa said it to me several times herself. We've heard it at the staff conference. And it's these words. Two Chronicles. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, and this is what it says in Daniel, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven... And I will forgive their sins and heal their land. If my people who were called by my name, which is us, is all of us, if we'll humble ourselves, get on our faces and our knees and just seek forgiveness for the things we've said, the things we've thought, the things we probably haven't said, then actually God will begin to move. And I want to pull, I want to pull us back and draw us back to this moment. This is so powerful. And I think this is intention of what's been happening. I would argue, as would a few other people, like there's been some real spiritual warfare over this church for, for a couple of years. There just, there just has. There's been too many things that have happened. If you just joined us, hi. It doesn't always happen like this. But, um, and you know, things are changing. But, um, but there's just been conversations, you know, just things that, communication, all this other stuff. And, and, and some of you think, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of man. And other things you're like, where the heck did that come from? And Daniel says this. Um, and and he, was, he was kind of trembling and uh, as a consequence. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. This is what the angel says. But I've been wrestling against the, the powers and principalities of the prince of Persia for 21 days. Then Michael, a bigger, stronger angel, came down and he, uh, he went into battle for me. And, uh, and now I've come to, uh, to make you understand what is to befall your people. And he goes on to tell uh, the story of what's going to happen. How interesting is that? And I, and I think there's, there's something about strongholds. There's something about places and people's lives and places, uh, locations and buildings that are clearly strongholds for the enemy. And a stronghold is this. A stronghold is literally where I would say the light of Christ uh, has, has, hasn't fully permeated a situation, hasn't fully shone through a situation. And often in moments of surrender, we read from the Bible that, that the kingdom of God rushes in. Amen. The victory rushes in. But often in our lives, and this is not a hate game to anybody, we're all the same, we're human, is, is we, we tend to hold areas and portions of our lives to ourselves. So it could be finances. God, I just, I would find it really hard to trust an invisible God with, with my physical finances. And I know if I give my finances away, I won't have enough for myself. That can become a real stronghold. And becomes a stronghold in our, in, our, in our heart and our minds. And unless we say yes to Jesus and surrender ourselves to that, we won't really ever get away from that. It, there needs to be a moment and release of surrender. It, it's the same for uh, a relationship or perhaps uh, a past experience where we hold on to that and we say, Jesus, this is mine. I, I, Jesus, this, is, this is mine. I just need to hold this. Uh, and I want to just invite us this morning to, I'm not saying there are, Huge strongholds. But I'm saying, what would it look like for us all to re-surrender ourselves? For this church to, to say, God, we, we want to humble ourselves and seek your face. 
knowing that actually as we say this, the kingdom of God in all of its fullness will rush through. It's a bit like a, a pipe, isn't it? A pipe, uh, if you, if you uh, live, it, live in a house or an apartment, I know most of us uh, you know, experience a kind of blockage or, there's, um, or, or whatever, and you pour the stuff down the sink and it, it kind of it clears it up. And for some of this stuff, it just becomes real points of blockage in our lives. And I want to just, just invite us for a moment to, to quieten our hearts and to perhaps think about our lives. Are there moments in our lives that for us we know that it's stuff we cling on to? And, and actually this morning, what would it look like to be in a place of surrender? Strongholds. And sometimes, uh, we know from, from scripture, that actually there's, there's more than just a stronghold. There's something where, you know, the enemy has got hold of a situation and we just need to pray, release. We need to say in Jesus' name that we, we bind you, but actually... We have authority over you because of what Jesus has done. And we, I want to just pray for two groups of people today. And the first is, and I think this is all of us, if I'm honest, is, is, is str- the, the area of strongholds. And just as we wait for a moment, just as we invite the Holy Spirit to be at work, for each of us to say, God, are there areas of my life that, that I just need to really release? Real areas that come back around. Habits, thoughts. And I can shake it for a a day, a week, a month. But then, ultimately, I feel like I can never get away from this point. Jesus, we thank you that you have the victory. Jesus, we thank you that you are an amazing amazing and powerful and just God you are everywhere and Lord as we just wait for a moment Jesus I pray in this room that you would just be releasing strongholds that you would God you would be releasing blockages so that your church your body can be healthy and whole